Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Julie Winkle Giulioni is a champion for workplace growth and development and helps executives and leaders optimize talent and potential within their organization. One of Inc. Magazine's top 100 speakers, Julie's the author of Promotions Are So Yesterday, Redefine Career Development, Help Employees Thrive and the co-author of the international bestseller, Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go, Career Conversation Organizations Need and Employees Want, translated into seven languages. Julie is a regular columnist for Training Industry Magazine and Smart Brief and contributes articles on leadership, career development, and workplace trends to numerous publications, including The Economist. We are so happy to have you as a guest on Be Brave at Work today, Julie. Oh, thank you so much, Ed, for having me. And I gave a brief introduction of you, and I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about your background and what you are currently doing to interact in the marketplace. Thank you. Well, I'm a speaker and trainer and consultant. You do it all. I do it all. Soup to nuts here. (laughs) Um, In the leadership development and career development space, I have a firm called Design Arounds, and we do instructional design and training development for organizations. And then the other part of my business is a lot of speaking and training uh, around the two books, Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go, and the new book, promotions or so yesterday, really helping to demystify the whole thing around career development and make it more doable for busy managers and leaders. So when we think about this term career development, I have my own definition, but I'm curious, you know, what does career development mean to you? Oh, that is such a great question. And it's a question that I ask everybody I cross paths (laughs) with as well. You know, before I answer for myself, um, what I'll tell you is the default definition for so many folks is that the career, that's my title, and career development is the promotion and the moves and the the you know, jockeying around those, those titles to get to where I want to go. Um, for me, career development really is the organic experience of figuring out 
what I'm most interested in right now, how I want to learn and grow, and finding ways in the here and now to invite that into my experience. But that's kind of disruptive and counterculture. Um, and, you know, in the spirit of your podcast, it takes a little bit of bravery for an employee to carve out that kind of a definition and certainly for a manager to buck the system and try to figure out how to make that happen for folks. Which sounds crazy, right? That in 2022, it is uh, against the grain of how organizations operate to talk about career, not necessarily projects or initiatives or client satisfaction, but you, what do you want to do? Are you happy doing what you're doing? Uh, what could some options for next steps for you be? These are things managers should be doing all of the time. And it sounds like based on your experience and your observations of the workplace, it's not happening enough. Well, you know what I think is happening, Ed? There are conversations. Managers are not um, shirking their responsibility here. They're really making an effort. I know managers who dedicate tremendous time and attention to having conversations with folks, to trying to, to, trying to understand what's interesting to them and where they want to go. The problem is, the challenge is, that we have come to equate this notion of development with promotions, with structural solutions to human problems. And when you ask people what career development looks like, what careers look like, you know, the picture that comes to mind is a ladder. You know, we default to that climb in the corporate ladder sort of picture. And one dimensional development is really exclusive, isn't it? I mean, there are very few people who can make their way up the ladder. And what about everyone who's left? They still want to be developed to have the experience of growth. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to look like a move or a new role or a title change. And, and so that's where I think managers get a little bit um, caught up is if their picture is they've got to deliver on the expectation that people want a promotion, then those are difficult conversations. There are conversations that are hard to navigate and there are conversations that you're saying no to a lot. And so what my new book is intended to do is offer a framework that allows managers to say yes, that opens up more possibilities, um, because the truth is there is so much more beyond, between, beside those promotions and moves and positions where growth can happen if we start looking at that space a little bit differently. Well, it's amazing how even the phrase climbing the corporate ladder is something everyone has heard, right? It's a metaphor or whatever the right word is. It's something we have all heard, right? Hey, I'm trying to climb the corporate ladder. And I'm sure it's been ingrained in movies and TV shows as well. And I'm wondering, Julie, when you think about managers and career development, you know, what bravery do they need to demonstrate or, you know, what types of bravery acts do they need to engage in to make it happen? So I know you're saying that, you know, lots of coach uh, managers who are doing this work and attempting to do this work, but it may not be as prevalent as we would like it to be. You know, what what could they do a little differently than they're doing today to make it happen? Bottom line, I think the opportunity for managers right now is to break the frame and to really redefine what career development is, to have some overt conversations with people about what's possible 
And the truth is there's a lot more that's possible in terms of growth in most organizations than many managers realize. I frequently think about career development as this light that we've only been shining on the org chart so far to illuminate, you know, the one way to move from box to box on the on the org chart. In the, the book, I introduce what I refer to as a multidimensional career framework. And it's almost like this prism where we can take that light of career development and just like a prism, put it through there and it refracts and bends and breaks it out into elements that you can see, distinct elements that managers and employees can see, wrap their heads around and start planning some concrete development around. But it takes a lot of bravery to turn the light from the org chart into this new way of breaking career development down. Well, it seems like a lot of managers may feel that asking you questions about your interests or where you want to go or where you want to see yourself in the next three to five years is kind of like Pandora's box. They're afraid of what you might say, right? Because now I'm opening a conversation that now puts us on a path that I may not be able to honor or help you with. Is that something you see and experience in clients that you work with? All the time. Yes. <laughs> There's a and lot of Pandora like, boxes out there. Oh my gosh, the boxes are open all over. Pandora's all over. Um, yeah. And and what's really um, funny is these managers know that they don't have promotions to give. They know there are pitifully few positions that are going to be available for people. And yet we just reflexively, we ask the, where do you see yourself in three to five years, which to me is the corporate equivalent of what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, when you think about it, kids are asked from the time they're tiny, what do you want to be? We are ingraining in little people's minds, the connection between career success and what you're called, what that title is. And then we're surprised when people come to the workplace and they want to be the manager of this and the director of that and the vice president of the other thing. And then we reinforce it inadvertently with the, where do you see yourself in three to five years? The other thing that's nuts about the three to five year question is that um, you probably have heard the research from the Institute for the Future of Work. 85% of the jobs we're going to be doing in 2030 haven't been invented. So, Whatever I say I want to do or where I want to be in three to five years might not even exist. And there are going to be countless other alternatives anyway. And so when I'm working with managers, my focus is let's stop talking about what people want to be, you know, and where they want to go. And let's start talking about how they want to grow and how they want to grow in ways that will position them to um, be effective and joyful now, but also position them for relevance in uh, what we know is going to be an uncertain future. Well, there seems to be a interesting relationship between uh, turnover and opportunity. I have clients who work, for example, at educational institutions and the people they report to and the people whom they report to, who they report to, have been at the educational institution for years, dozens and dozens of years. A colleague of mine works for somebody who replaced somebody who had been at the college for 50 years, right? So I'm not suggesting you encourage turnover, but again, there seems to be an interesting relationship that if you are such a great place to work, no one wants to leave, but if no one ever leaves, there's never any opportunity. 
And But yet you want to grow and develop and help people. So you have to create opportunity either through growth, where there are new roles that we are offering that we didn't have before. Yeah, I'm not what, sure what the solution to turnover versus opportunity might be. Any thoughts or observations on that, Julie? Oh, wow. So much, so much here. Um, just let me capture a couple of notes so that I can sure. <laughs> uh, get, hit it all. So amazing. 50 year tenure. That is clearly um, the far end of the continuum. The average right now <laughs> right. is about four years. You know, mm-hmm. employees are staying places four years. Um, but you're right in organizations where you've got people who are sticking around newer folks look at that landscape and they don't see opportunity. But again, they're not seeing opportunity because we're defining opportunity as moving into a different spot. We're defining growth as being somewhere other than where you are. So that's one thing I want to loop back to. But the other thing is, you know, when it comes to turnover, there's probably a Goldilocks sort of just right that we're looking for. I love the loyalty of 50 years. And yet I I wonder for myself, if I were in a role for 50 years, would I be as innovative? Would I be as open to the the changes that need to to be going on? And and so organizations probably need to manage that in a way that certainly uh, encourages loyalty because you want that, um, but also encourages the the fresh blood and the new ideas and the innovation that can, can come from um, from having that. And then we have the other end of the continuum, which, you know, right now the great resignation, reshuffle, reevaluation, whatever we want to call it, where it, it is clearly unhealthy turnover and it's, it's hurting organizations because they're losing the talent that they need to be able to do the mission critical work. Yeah. I don't know where all these people are going because it seems like uh, places are closing early or opening later because they don't have anyone to man or populate the store. And it's like, well, where is everyone? I I get that there's a lot of resignation, but they have to be going somewhere. I know, I know. And in conversations, I mean, we just had dinner with some friends and a young man who's coming out of college with an engineering degree, he's struggling to find work. And that's a a real disconnect for me. But what's interesting, uh, and I'm sure you've seen all of the statistics as well, you know, the great resignation is being fueled by all sorts of of factors, but development is definitely one of them. You know, LinkedIn did that study, 94% of employees would stay longer in an organization if they believed there was an investment in their development. Mm-hmm. And then another study, employees who don't pursue or perceive growth opportunities are 7.9 times more eager to leave, even if they like their job. Mm-hmm. So creating job satisfaction isn't enough. Even if you're satisfied in your job, if you don't look around and see there's an opportunity for growth here, um, there's you, you've got a flight risk on your hands. And so it just goes back to you know my hobby horse that I keep riding here, which is if we don't redefine career development and growth in different terms, if we keep conflating that with promotions, we're going to have a lot of dissatisfied people who are leaving and restaurants and shops that are closing early. Well, what, uh, you know, where does career development culturally start in an organization, Julie? Does it start with the leadership team creating this environment where these conversations and behaviors are happening? Does it start with the employee base asking for this type of feedback, you know, based on your perspective, kind of where does it start in an ideal organization? 
It pro I probably see all of the above. Um, I, I would welcome any part of the organization picking up the mantle and beginning moving in this direction. I think though, that if managers were offered the skills and the support and an expanded definition of career development, they're probably in the best possible place to really make change because they're the ones who have the relationship with the employee or don't, who are having the conversations with the employees or aren't, who are getting at the heart of what's really interesting to people or or not. Um, if managers could embrace this multidimensional approach to career development, if they could help people look at it differently and start asking questions about well, what about contribution? That's a way you can grow. How might you want to step up, make a difference, live on purpose and learn something? Or what about competence? That's another dimension of the framework, the multidimensional framework. What skills and abilities do you really want to start digging into? What do you want to get better at? Or connections? You know, what about your relationships? Do you want to expand your network, build more of a, a community, uh, see greater visibility for yourself? How could we make that happen? When we start breaking it down, kind of back to my rainbow of light, once the career development light goes through that prism, once we look at each of these colors and see career development in a different light, suddenly there are almost I, I hate to say unlimited because that sounds a little over the top, but let's say countless um, new ways we can start talking about growth opportunities that are available in the here and now that don't demand a new position, a title, the things that are outside of a manager's control that are completely within their sphere of influence and within the sphere of influence of the employee to make change. So it sounds like, Julie, that uh, career development does not equal title change and that managers within the realm of their possibilities, they can't promote you to a new role with a new title, but they can modify what you're doing based on information that you're sharing in your book. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, in the book, we've got a self-assessment and we also have one online that employees can take that will help them identify what are they most interested in right now? Is it greater choice? Is it more contentment? Is it challenge, confidence, connection, competence, or contribution, which are seven alternatives to that classic climb up the corporate ladder? And even going through the self-assessment, I have to say, Ed, is a bit of a, an education because we've had such a limited vocabulary until now around career development. You know, it's been about the promotion. And so what this does is it, it expands the language that we have. So even going through and starting to make these choices, you see people, the light bulb go on and think, gosh, yeah, that is something that really interests me. And our research found that in aggregate, all of those other dimensions are actually more interesting to people than the climb up the corporate ladder. So it gives managers a really hopeful snapshot of the kinds of conversations that they can engage in, conversations where they can start saying yes to development. Right. And that's the goal is to say yes as often as you can and not no or later, because that might 
increased turnover unexpectedly on that front. Julie, I'd love to end our conversation, which is a thought from you for an individual who is looking to have a career development conversation with their manager in an organization where maybe this is just not something that's happening. You know, what's one or two steps they can take or one or two questions they could ask to help instill or create this type of conversation with their boss? Well, two things that they could do immediately. First, they could go online to my website and take the free self-assessment. So just learn for themselves about what the alternatives are. And then step two would be to set a meeting with your manager and sit down and say, I want to talk about career development. But before we get started, I'm not asking for a promotion. It's not about another position. Don't get worried. This is something you're going to be able to say yes to. And then lay out the product of that self-assessment and say, here's what I'm interested in. What I really want to do is learn more about this or engage in this kind of a project. How can we make that happen? When an employee can get clear on their interests and can come to the the manager in that kind of a transparent, authentic, collaborative way, managers, man, that takes so much weight off their shoulders and makes it really easy for them to be able to help people to grow. Well, being transparent and clear on how you want to have the conversation, I agree, is so important because I would imagine for most managers, if you went in and said, hey, I want to talk about career development, instantly they're going to think about new title, more money, right? They're going to go negative in respect to it. And you want to say, but before we get there, let me clarify what it is I want to talk about with you today. That's so critically important. Julie, thank you so much for your observations and insights. And if people want to learn more about you and your organization or take that free assessment, where can they go? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, my website is juliewinklegiulioni.com. And I would imagine you'll put that in the show notes because it's a mouthful. We will. <laughs> <laughs> we will. And that's where they can go to find out more information. Exactly. That's where they can go to find out, um, get articles, the self-assessment, even the first chapter of the book. Fantastic. Well, again, the book is called Promotions Are So Yesterday, Redefine Career Development, Help Employees Thrive. Julie, thank you so much for sharing time with us today. It's been a pleasure, Ed. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.